welcome. Grounded is a podcast by Inspiring Time for coffee-loving, adventurous souls who expect to live their best life. I'm your host, Amber Card, and alongside my husband, Christopher, we will share how we handle high-stress living with intention. Listen weekly as we dive into our military family lifestyle, where simple entertaining and hospitality, grilling out, gardening, marriage, and healthy living are a must. Expect a healthy dose of honesty, snarky comments, and lots of laughter. Now, on to the show. And we're back, and Christopher is joining us today. I've only spilled coffee twice today. See? There you go. It's a good day. Did you know that kale has more iron than beef? Did you know... That coconut oil mixes great with kale, makes it easier to scrape off in the garbage. <laughs> no, I did not know that, but now I do. So thank you for that. Also, kale is the most nutrient nutrient dense green out there. Did you know that? I'm gonna go with no. Do you know what? I read it on the internet, so it has to be true. That's right. They can't put anything that's not true on the internet. That's right. Okay, so today we're talking all things garden, fall garden, and dark leafy greens. Christopher Card is super excited about this. Super excited. Because you know what? His favorite thing to eat is not leafy greens. That is an accurate statement. However, because Junior has been on his rocky road of food allergies, we have eaten so many more salads here lately. Yeah, because, I mean, you definitely run out of things that can be that side item or filler when you're supposed to keep all these other things out of his diet. So it's probably a good thing. You know, even uh, green beans, you can southern anything, meaning you can add butter, heavy whipping cream, sour cream. Bacon fat. Mm. Oh, he can have bacon fat. That's true. Anything dairy, though. So when when we're preparing the sides, that gets a little challenging. But we're talking all things in the garden, so I don't have to worry about a cow unless he, unless she's eating the things in my garden. That's right. So I think a couple of weeks ago, we talked about maybe pulling the tomatoes because they were done, and we talked about the okra. Um, we thought we might only have you know a week or two left. Well, it turns out we were wrong. It's I think all of our okra is almost nine feet tall. And we're pulling a whole mess out every day. So that's been kind of surprising that, you know, here at the end of the season, we're getting the best production out of that. And they're the prettiest, too, with the least amount of bugs on them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've just done great. And, you know, every time we stick our head in the backyard, you know, pretty yellow flowers. And so I'll be really interested to see, you know, how many more weeks we get out of those. And, you know, there again, um, okra, though not a leafy green, is still green. And it can actually be used... um, and gumbos. So a lot of people don't like that snotty, you know, slimy okra feel and texture, but um, it actually does well because that slime actually adds as a a thickening agent. That's what it does. And, you know, when we cook our okra, we don't, you know, fry daddy it. We actually just do the skillet fry, you know, with a little bit of light oil in there and just, you know, light dusting of uh, cornmeal. So, we try to keep the okra as, you know, quote, healthy as possible. There's a ton of calcium in there, which is actually a good thing because our kid can't eat dairy right now, uh, which is where milk. Yeah. most of us get our dairy in, or sorry, our calcium intake from. Yep. So talking about what we've changed out, um, 
the other day when I was flying, Amber went out there and kind of changed some things on the back side of the garden. We got leaf lettuce, broccoli, and that weird K word all planted. Um, he doesn't like kale. Yeah. So we, we became fans of the leaf lettuce. Um, I guess we were in Abilene, and of all places, it grew so well there. You know, it, temperature never got down, you know, to be a quote, you know, winter crop, but, you know, it did so good. But we've enjoyed having, let's see, we did it in Warner Robins as well. It'd be kind of nice just, you know, walk out the door and go, you know, pick your salad, basically. And that's um, something else we want to kind of talk about today. Does gardening save you a lot of money when you go to the grocery store? And, uh, you know, and I'm sure tomes have been written on this because, more than likely, no, it doesn't. It's a hobby that you enjoy. Um, however, there are probably some things that you do save money on, such as the leafy greens here, because it keeps replenishing itself. And, you know. And there's some sort of um, therapy to go along with gardening. I'm a firm believer when. You know, when the temperatures start to drop and it gets a little... Wait, wait, wait. the temperature is going to drop? <gasps> yeah. The apocalypse is coming in Montgomery? Yeah. Maybe. Turns out it's 80 degrees outside right now. And y'all, I'm wearing jeans and a long sleeve shirt. Whatever. I'm trying to And get... she's got a pumpkin spice latte or something. No, I don't it's know. not. We'll talk about what's in your cup here in a minute, but it's not that. So anyway, the um, the greens, what was I saying? You got me totally off topic. Uh, saving money by growing oh, yeah. greens. Saving money. There we go. That's why I have him. Yin and yang. He keeps me on track. For example, we went to Costco. Did you know? That there's Wait, there's a Costco here? There's a Costco here. <laughs> I didn't know. We go like twice a week. Um, when I go in, I can buy the romaine lettuce. Uh, I think you get like four heads of it for right at five bucks, something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. And you can get a bag of spinach for five bucks. And this is a two and a half pound bag of spinach. So this is an incredible amount of leafy greens. That's why we're saying we don't think that you're saving money per se. Oh, I was talking about green therapy. When you go outside and it's dreary, that's what happened. It got cold. We got we got excited. It's not cold here. <laughs> but that is a way to stick your fingers in the soil, be one, commune with your with your greens, and try and decide how in the world you're going to make those go down your throat without choking on them. Yeah, but anyhow, so back to potentially saving money. Um, the problem with buying, you know, getting that cheap deal at Costco is uh, – it can go bad before you eat it. You know, even if you're eating a, or in this case, you know, a salad, you know, a couple meals a day, that's a, you know, a lot of volume of leafy greens. And, you know, it could get stuck behind something in the crisper and go bad. So if you take that into account, yeah, you know, you probably could end up saving money by growing your own because you're only picking it when you need it. So. And there again, Emma Catherine went out and helped uh, pick. We picked our very first round yesterday. And we, let's see, we had green lettuce. No, we had romaine and Boston and spinach. And it was, a, they were tiny little salads because these were just the first little going-ons here. 
first picking, but we had so much fun. Emmy Catherine and I chatted. She was asking questions about um, what was happening, what we were growing, where I'd planted because they weren't here. So they didn't get to see. So now she wanted to see where each thing was planted. So when I say, or when Christopher says, go out and pick the salad, they can just jaunt out there and go, go grab it. Now, how do we... In the past, we've talked about some things that we've done to prepare our garden, you know, once this crop comes out. So we didn't over amend our soil going in because we were late getting planted. So And we couldn't find some of the oh. stuff. Yeah, you know, there was no vermiculite to be found. So we ended up doing the peat moss with half super soil, half top soil. And no, that, that's it. I think that was it. So we do have a nice compost pile going now, which will be great to get mixed in. And I think we can probably do without having to get manure because we're going to have such good stuff in that. Um, you know, how do, how do we see. take care of that compost pile? Because as much as we'd like to think you just go out there and chunk your your scraps on there, uh, no meat byproducts, but... How do, how do we go about taking care of that? Well, you know, and we don't even, you know, some people get real in the weeds and, <laughs> you know, do the perfect ratios and they keep their chopped up leaves separate from their grass clippings, separate from the stuff out of the kitchen. We just dump it all together. So we do have, we bag the yard a handful of times. So we've got, you know, a good amount of, you know, the green grass in there that's breaking down and then we just take everything else, you know, that's non-meat out of the kitchen. And I try to, you know, pull some of the grass back that, you know, the clippings are on there and, you know, get it covered with that just to, I don't know, so it doesn't well, fall off or whatever. And that also helps um, oxygenating the pile. You want to keep a yep. good flow of oxygen so you don't um, get mold and fungus and bacteria and stuff like that growing in there, which would be detrimental that's for right. your garden. Um, but as we close out with the leafy green season, um, we're going to want to put, I don't know, as much as we possibly can into the garden. Yeah, I think it, especially we, we put our compost pile in a bad spot anyhow. So we really just need to get all of that, get it mixed into the garden, let it finish breaking down there, you know, before we're ready for the spring stuff. And then we got to figure out where we're going to actually do our compost pile that makes sense. And we actually, the last time, the last big move, we've had several moves, but from Warner Robins to Columbus, we left the composter on accident. It was a total accident. And that was, I thought, a huge, I don't know about space saver, but it did a good job because we could rotate it Yeah, better. so it was one of those barrel ones, you know, it sits up on the stand, it's got the handle on the side, so you could fill it or, you know, put something in there and then spin it around a few times so you were constantly able to flip it over. And since it was a dark color and sat there in the sun, it just sat there and cooked. So it made compost faster, in our opinion, than um, your typical pile. Now, that being said, it was a small volume. So like what we have right now would far exceed what that could take. So, you know, there's always trade-offs with everything you do. Okay. I was just reading an article about um, worm castings. I don't know a ton about it, but remember our friend in... Uh, and the, the Gib. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a guy we were stationed with, uh, Kiesler, um, he did the castings, had the big setup in his garage, I believe, and would pull the tray out every x number of days and then go mix it into his garden but he fed the worms the 
the he fed the worms the compost. compost. Yeah, that's right. They're scraps from right. Vegetables. So instead of doing a compost pile, they fed the worms. The worms turned it, you know, into manure, as it were, castings, and then they took that out. And his garden was incredible, and I don't think it took up a ton of space. The the no, worm casting, well, sorry. Oh no, yeah, no, the worm casting thing. That now his garden was gigantic. He did raised beds as well, but he also got into keeping bees. So he had his own set of pollinators there. He wasn't relying on pollinators coming in from other places. So. And you know how how very interesting that um, men who are in the military were using gardening, and they would talk about Christopher come home and share stories about what the other families were doing. And they, they weren't horticulture majors. They didn't really care about maybe gardening before it became an actual fun thing for their family to do together. They knew where their food was coming from. It was an activity that enhanced their lives and enriched it. So that's kind of fun. So, hey... What's so boring in your coffee cup over there? Yeah, we're uh, going to sound very unoriginal, but this is pot two today. So this morning we had uh, the Trader Joe's Dark Roast, which was phenomenal. But this is just uh, run-of-the-mill Folgers. You know, I was at the Costco. <gasps> the Costco. And they had one that I was dying to try. It was a bourbon-infused coffee. But, you know, it was a big thing of it, and I was like, ah, oh, man, if we don't like it, that's a lot of coffee. That's a lot of coffee. However, I did find one from Cuba that is high up on my list next to try because it smelled amazing. So we'll see what happens next week. All right. We hope you, we gave you some tips on gardening for the fall and some new ideas. And until next week, we'll see you then. How do you find us? Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast directory. I'll post notes on the blog, Inspiring Time, and you can find the link below. If you're on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave us a rating and review. We enjoy your feedback. Thanks for listening.